Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Not Boring Tech Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Moses, and you're probably listening to this podcast for one of two reasons. Reason number one, you're a technical writer or a prospective technical writer that simply wants to learn. You want to acquire more skills so you can in turn improve your marketability, diversify your career, dope stuff like that. Reason number two, because literally everyone in your life outside of the tech writing industry thinks you have the most boring career. They think that your work doesn't require any creativity. They think that your lunches are reserved for tuna salad and chickpeas. And they think that the only work you do are the instruction manuals that they don't even use. And you're ready to prove them wrong. So whether you're listening for reason one or reason two, I promise that this podcast is for you. Pretty much what goes down is with every episode, myself and a guest discuss a different skill that you as a technical writer can apply to your work today. So you can in turn, enhance your skill set, improve your marketability, diversify your work, which combined will prove to everyone that you have a not boring career. This episode's skill, applying empathy to your audience analysis. Think about your traditional audience analysis. Find the end user's age, education, job, then create content hoping you've correctly identified the end user's needs. It's very surface level quantifiable characteristics that miss the most important aspect of audience analysis, empathy, understanding and sharing the end user's feelings, emotions, and motivations. To help me unpack this skill, my guest today is Dr. Chris Lamb, assistant professor in the Department of Technical Communication at the University of North Texas with a PhD in technical communication. Together, we'll describe how you can apply empathy to your audience analysis so you can create better content and in turn, get you one step closer to experiencing a not boring career. Enjoy. Hello, Dr. Lamb. How are you? I am great, Jacob. How are you? I'm doing I'm wonderful. Um, this is this is such a treat for me, thinking that about this time last year, um, I was actually a student in your class. So I'm loving this. Yeah, I'm excited too. I'm excited. I'm glad you're doing this because uh, you know there's not much there's not much out there. So I'm glad you you've decided to take on this project. Yes, yes, I'm excited, and I'm I'm thankful that you agreed to be a guest. Um, so what we're going to talk about today is the traditional style of audience analysis, why those methods do or do not work, and then we're going to segue into this new method of audience analysis where people can implement empathy to get deeper, more personal insights about their audience. And then lastly, we'll cover how technical writers can apply that method of empathy to get better insights, thus create better documentation for their audience. Right. Um, so we're going to cover some awesome stuff today. Uh, so Dr. Lamb, let's begin just by talking about the traditional audience analysis and its methods that are or are not working. Sure, sure. So um, I've done a little bit of, of research on this uh, just for some, some projects that I've done in the past. And so... Um, sort of two ways of thinking about audience analysis and technical communication. Um, the first is sort of through uh, intuition and secondary research. And 
primarily leaning on in intuition, right? So this idea that, okay, uh, these are the kinds of people that will probably be working with this product um, or this piece of technology. Uh, so if we know that this is the target demo, so for example, 18 to 30, if we know that the target demo is 18 to 30, what are our intuitions about this particular target demo? Um, and, and typically, uh, audience analysis is driven, at least in the academic sense. Um, I'll speak to sort of my context um, and with the caveat that I'm sure that the practices are different um, in industry or at least slightly different. Um, but in the academic, sort of the academic context, um, most of the, the textbooks uh, that, that teach audience analysis start with uh, a guiding group of questions. So um, who is your audience? Uh, what is their prior knowledge about this particular topic? What is their attitude about you? Um, what is their attitude about the product? Um, how will they actually engage or interact with this product? And these are all really important and good questions that need to be answered. Um, but sort of what has been lacking, and I, I actually wrote an article uh, with a colleague of mine at Arizona State um, about this. Uh, one of the things that's lacking is uh, just a, a, a solid sort of methodology for answering those questions, right? So um, to loop all the way back to the first thing I said, there's really two ways to sort of answer these questions. And the first is that intuition piece of, okay, well, our audience is 18 to 30-year-olds. Um, that probably means they're pretty tech-savvy. That probably means they have uh, some, um, some experience with this particular product or technology. And sort of, it's sort of more of a superficial kind of uh, analysis, right? Mm -hmm. and it's better than no analysis, but it's, it's primarily uh, sort of surface level. Um, so that's the first method. And then the second method is, of course, through primary research. Um, and I suspect this is what, um, to an extent, uh, folks are doing in industry. Um, uh, and I can say with certainty, this is what students are not doing in tech comm classes or not being taught in um, at least my context um, here at, at UNT, um, are not being taught to really just connect the dots of, okay, we're going to do, we're going to go and interview these people, um, but there, there needs to be these one-to-one -one connections about what are the questions you're asking and how is this going to actually uh, play into um, the profile of the audience analysis that you're going to construct eventually, right? So there's this sort of disconnect between okay, we're going to interview these people. We're not really sure why. We're going to ask them some questions about their prior experience using this particular product, but we don't really have a framework for making then a one-to-one -one connection of, okay, this person answered this way. What does that actually mean? What, what am I going to actually do to change or alter or um, create a document uh, or product that is going to meet that person's needs? Yes. So should, should intuition precede some of these hard questions that a talent provider would want to ask the potential audience member? Or do oftentimes right now the questions precede that intuition? That's a good, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think typically the questions are the questions, right? So we have to know who they are. We have to know what they've done. We have to kind of know... Um, 
how they're going to be accessing this information or this technology. We have to know all of those things. Um, and so I think those two things can happen simultaneously. In practice, I think probably the intuition starts. So my, I suspect that folks just have a feeling, right? Just mm-hmm. I feel like this is my audience, and therefore, regardless of what research I'm going to do, primary or secondary, this is kind of how I'm going to proceed is with this kind of framework for who I think these people are. I love it. And then so we know that there's, there are good and bad elements in this traditional style of audience analysis. Um, And like you pointed out, it's stuff that we need. We don't want to just abandon it altogether. They're really awesome foundations that can give you good insights about your audience. But now we kind of segue into this, this concept of empathy um, that the D school at Stanford University has introduced, where that's actually getting up, sitting down with your end user, and having conversations and kind of discovering the end user's feelings and emotions and motivations. And I feel like with the conversation um, we just covered about traditional audience analysis, that empathy is really lacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So to just kind of um, give a little context where this came from. Um, <laughs> so Stanford, you mentioned Stanford, and they have their design school has this really great uh, uh, resource called the, the D-Gift Challenge. Um, and it really is just walking through a group of users um, to really think about design like designers. Um, and so they've got this uh, five-part process and the first step of their design process is this idea of empathy. Um, and then also just a shout out to uh, my colleague, uh, Emma Rose, who's at University of Washington, Tacoma. Uh, she's the one that pointed me here. So I'm, I'm actually pretty new to this. Um, piloted uh, this using the D-Gift in my tech comm classes this semester or this past semester. Um, and it went really well. So just a little context and a little shout. I don't want to make it seem like I came up with this on my own because, you know, I did not invent this wheel. Um, Hat tip to Emma. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Emma and shout out to uh, Stanford, obviously. Um, Yeah, they're they're pretty smart over there. So, uh, yeah, and so empathy. I don't know where I was going with that, but I'll just kind of go. Um, So this idea of empathy really struck me. because so the first thing that I thought when I saw the word empathy um, or that really drew me to it was this idea of um, of understanding the experiences and actually like almost living through the experiences of your end user or whoever you're designing for, um, which is different than audience analysis, which I would say I would liken to, I think, is more analogous with sympathy. Mm-hmm. Right. This idea of like I I can recognize your issues. You've got these sort of contexts and issues where you come from, and I recognize that. That's sympathy. And empathy is I recognize that, but I've, I also live it, right? Like I, I also feel it. I share that experience with you. Um, and so to get to that level, I feel like is um, is – incredibly difficult, but also something to strive for as technical communicators, because um, it's not just about uh, 
giving someone something that will be helpful for them. Um, but if you actually can say, okay, I, I share in that experience, I understand exactly where you're coming from because I'm coming from there as well. Uh, getting to that I think is, is valuable. Yes, and I agree. And in the show notes, we'll include a link to the virtual design thinking crash course. Um, so you as listeners can take part in it as well. Perfect. Um, but what was really enlightening was as we think back to, again, traditional audience analysis, that first step of empathizing with your end user, we didn't write down their age. We didn't write down their nationality, their education, their job. We just started off with sharing stories and really gaining that empathy. Yep. And in the end, um, listeners, if you do choose to take part in the course, you're able to design something with just a few um, a few crafts that's very analogous to the empathy that you were able to gain from step one. Yeah. Um, so it is very telling, and it's something that as technical communicators, we really should be adding um, to our audience analysis. Um, so, Dr. Lamb, my next question is, now that we've defined empathy, mm-hmm. how can we implement that into audience analysis? Where does it fit into that mold so we can still get the good traditional methods of audience analysis, but add empathy to it to make those insights even greater? Great. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, um, I was actually thinking about this um, as I was walking in today uh, to the office, and I think there's really two ways to, to implement this. The first is, um, and the most obvious is, is to just sit down with your end user, right? And so, um, but to sit down with your end user with less of an agenda than you would in perhaps a traditional audience analysis. So this D-School course asks you to um, to just have a really open-ended interview. So to get to know, what do you like to do? What are your hobbies? Why do you like to do that? What draws you to that? Um, and really listen to your end user. <laughs> and that, I think, gives you insights that may seemingly be um, unrelated to the product that you're documenting, uh, more unrelated to the technology. Um, but I think, and this is one thing that I try to teach my students, is that the whole idea is to understand uh, this person holistically, right? So like, who is this person? What kind of person is this? What are they into? Uh, what are they not into? What makes them tick, right? And you, asking questions about how many years have you used the internet? That's not, that's helpful, but that's not going to, you're not going to understand a person mm-hmm. um, without asking questions about them that may not be related to, uh, to the actual thing you're documenting. Right, so I think one really practical step is to just sort of open the boundaries or the walls of what it means to interview an end user, right? And so, yeah, you might have those six or seven questions you need answered, and you'll get to those eventually. But to spend ten or fifteen minutes in a conversation where you're just asking and drawing out uh, uh, personality traits, drawing out really anything that that will help you understand your user uh, in a more meaningful way, right? So that's the first way is just the good old interview and, and, and then just sort of uh, expanding your framework for what that means. Um, 
The second way, I think, for technical communicators uh, to sort of implement empathy is um, maybe less practical, but I think in my experience, um, the best way to implement empathy is to actually be an end user. And Mm -hmm. I think we've probably heard this before, and this is all tech comm instructors teach this. Like, you you should do the thing that you're trying to teach someone to do. Um, but in my experience, the, the most heavy technical communication that I do is, um, communicating, uh, things about web development, right? So here's how to build something in a WordPress framework, for example. Um, and what the, the way that I gain empathy is to, uh, actually do it, uh, and then just be very cognizant of, the struggles that I have, even self-reflection um, and journaling and writing down the struggles that I had um, as I walked through the particular uh, task that I was trying to achieve, um, but to have some stake in it, right? So it's helpful to care about it, um, and I get that that may not be the context for every technical communicator, um, but for me personally, when I care about the thing, that's when I can reflect back on, okay, this is where it was really hard, right? So this is where I, you know, implementing the CSS in this step was where it was really difficult for me. So actually walking through it and living it um, and experiencing it then gives me the context to go, okay, now that I've done that, I know exactly the points to stress. Here's the points that I need to um, sort of uh, just provide a summary overview of, and this is the, these are the points where I really need to get deep into um, and so those are the two things, right? So the traditional interview and then really investing and having a stake in what you're creating. Yes. And I, I love the latter part of your response, um, specifically because earlier we covered the difference between sympathy and empathy. You'll see yep. a lot of technical communicators, um, they'll start off in support to kind of get an idea of the kinds of issues that their users are having, Um and then that's a great way to get that sympathy. But you can't yep. share that feeling or emotion until you actually become an end user as well. Yeah. To really actually, like you said, witness and be a part of, um, of those issues firsthand and better gain that empathy. I love that. Totally. Yeah, I have a quick story. So I teach, I'm teaching, currently teaching a class on uh, information design. Uh, we call it information design, but it's, it's essentially um, web design. And so I had a student come in, uh, t- I think two years ago, um, and she came into my office and said, uh, is it normal for me to uh, sit in front of uh, lines of code and just cry because I can't get it to work? And, and I, said, I looked her in the face and I said, yep. That's normal. That means you're doing it right. Um, and I could say that with confidence, and that's just a silly little story, but I could say that with confidence because I've been there, maybe not literal tears, but I've been there where my my spirit was broken to the point where I couldn't uh, do anything else until I'd solved this problem, this HTML problem. Uh, and so just being able to say, yeah, totally, that's what is supposed to be happening, Um and it, it was oddly encouraging for her, and she did amazing in the class and ended up with a great-looking a great website. Um, 
so that's just a little story of, yeah, I've, I've done it. And so I can actually speak to that and, uh, in a way that, um, just writing about something or teaching about something or talking about something, um, it doesn't carry as much weight unless you've been there. Yes, because by being there, and this is something very powerful that the D school pushes in this crash course, is that it, it kind of reveals those, those latent needs. Uh-huh. Um, and you're able to put together these associations, and it's, it's remarkable. And I'm happy to hear that the student ended up putting together a great website. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't oversell the D school enough, that activity enough. Um, because it seems so stupid when you're doing it. Like, what, what am I going to do with these popsicle sticks and, and, and pieces of yarn? Um, but then you do it, and then you go, I would have never thought of this solution if I hadn't gone through uh, the process. Yep. Like, I would have come up with a stupid app mm-hmm. that would have not been helpful. Um, but instead, I came up with this really cool uh, this really cool. <laughs> solution that I would never have thought of previously. And, and so and it all starts with empathy. Yep. The first step, the foundation of it all. Yep. It's that empathy, sure. that conversation with the end user. For sure. It's a great thing. Well Dr. Lamb, I think that's all we got for today. Um, sure. thank you for sitting in and and helping us as technical communicators really understand A how audience analysis is working now. B kind of this concept of empathy and then lastly how we can combine the two together and really get remarkable documentation because of it beautiful it's a great skill well thanks for having me on jacob i uh, really appreciate it of course and, and again uh in the show notes we're gonna have a link to the design thinking crash course from d school and also i'll include a link to the article that dr lamb alluded to at arizona state with his colleague so you guys can get some more information there And that's it. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll be back with another episode soon. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you, Dr. Lane. See ya.